Fatherhood is fascinating. One day you're dad of the year, and the next day is, well, the next day. Welcome to Positively Dad, a podcast designed to help dads embrace the journey. Thanks for joining me for the second episode, episode number two of Positively Dad. My name's James Shaw. I'm your host and a dad, just like you probably, and excited that you've chosen to join me on this journey. My goal through Positively Dad is to just support dads out there, right? Uh, Dads-to-be, current dads, all types of dads uh, with, you know, one kid, with a bunch of kids, with your kids, other kids. I don't care. We are just going to grow together as a community and help each other. You know, from as long as I could remember, I've wanted to be a dad, and I always just wondered, how do we do it? Because there's no manual, there's no guide, there's no, you know, no, no, lot, there's aren't, there aren't a bunch of tools out there to help us and, and allow us to grow and, and, and be great dads. And, and so that's why I've started this podcast. And, and quite frankly, here's what it is. I'm having a conversation with myself and you get to listen, right? We're going to talk about things that have been on my mind, uh, things that I'm curious about. And, um, and we're going to learn together and grow together as dads to help our families, help our kids and help ourselves. And so today, it's, you know, in our second episode, there's been something on my mind that I think probably all of us have experienced at some level, and that's bullying. All of us have likely either been bullied or maybe you were the bully. And it's really, really prevalent. It's all over the place. I found some research from the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, that says that more than 20% of, of high school students report being bullied in the last school year, more than 20%. And in fact, it's the most commonly reported disciplinary problem in schools. And, um, and my guess would be that that, that number of, of kids who are bullied is actually higher than 20%, and there just becomes a group that, of kids that don't ever tell anybody about it. I mean, I know that when I was bullied, I didn't run to a teacher I didn't go to anybody. I just let it be, hoping that it would stop. It's a major problem. And now, you know, thanks to social media and the internet and, you know, Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and all those various things, you're seeing, you know, the opportunity to bully go up. And you're seeing the impact that it can have on kids uh, is pretty significant. In fact, the CDC said that more than 15% of high school students reported being cyberbullied in the last year. And again, my guess is that that number is low. So today we're going to talk to um, an expert in this. Uh, He's a professor from Indiana University. His name's Dr. James Brown. And we're going to talk with him a little bit today about what is it? What is bullying? So in other words, is there a difference between something that's bullying and something that isn't and yet might feel like it? So we'll get clarity around what really is bullying. What steps do you take if your child is being bullied, most commonly right in school, so what steps do you take to, to get action taken toward it? And then um, third, what if your kid is the bully? How do you help them? What challenges might they be facing? Is What type of cry is this that you should be paying attention to? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And I'm really excited to have uh, Dr. Brown from IU uh, on, the, on the podcast with us today. Dr. Brown, thanks for joining us on Positively Dad. Hey, thank you, James. So what intrigued me about this was, you know, bullying is, um, has, has been a challenge and been a problem forever. And it's one that, that is getting a lot of attention right now through 
you know, social media and various things of that nature. What I wanted to reach out with you about is a couple of things. Number one, what do you do if your kid's being bullied? Number, number two, what do you do if your kid is the bully? And I think, I guess we have to start with, I mean, I guess what is bullying and you're an expert in that. So what, what would you say it is? So this is where parents may be somewhat confused in discerning bullying from, let's say, pure conflict. So pure conflict might be something where myself and this other person who were pretty equal strength, whether that's physical strength or our social power, um, but we're pretty equal in that, um, but we're totally like at odds with each other and um, maybe there's some name calling or whatever, but it's mutual. It's both ways. So parents can sometimes say, well, my kid's being bullied. They're in a, they're getting in a fight with their ex-best friend or whatever and da, 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 da. However, what the school's probably going to say is, is there a power imbalance in that? Meaning is one person um, significantly having less power in that um, relationship or in that conflict than the other person. Um, so if one person has more power, whether that's social power or physical power, and is exerting that, um, that's one of the quali qualifications of bullying. The other thing is, is this repeated? So we could say like, if somebody walked by me in the hallway and, and yelled one time, now people may say, well, that's bullying. Well, from a legal standpoint, from a research standpoint often as well, it needs to be repeated. Um, so I define repeated as twice. It, it, there needs to have been an incidence twice for it to be bullying. So this isn't just a, a one and done pass by. So those are kind of the main two legs there on which bullying stands. So you have the power imbalance, the third piece that is really important here is, is there an intention to cause harm? So if I'm um, a person, and I'm truly not intending to cause harm, but a person is perceiving it that way, that's probably more pure conflict. But if I am specifically as a bully targeting someone, and I want to bring them down, I really want to scare them, I want to, you know, I'm intending to cause harm, that's the third pillar. So in order for an incidence of bullying to be valid, which means this person is really truly doing bullying and this isn't an act of pure conflict, you need to meet those three criteria. So a lot of times in our media, people will say, you know, this is bullying or that is bullying. Well, um, it may be to you perceptually, but by definition, it may in fact be something different. So what I'm hearing you say is there's a difference between bullying and then sometimes are kids just kids? Kids just kids or pure conflict. They're in a conflict. So it's going to be a different way of resolving that, maybe through some mediation. With bullying, though, um, mediation usually, unless the victim is actually wanting it, is avoided. Um, because that person's already been victimized. And what we don't want to do in addressing this is re-victimize the victim um, by having them have to defend themselves again in the process of bullying versus holding the bully accountable 
and making sure that they get the help they need. So let's let's start with, uh, you know, I'm sure we have dads listening who have have kids who have been bullied, and you know, what advice do you have for parents on how to handle it when your child is the victim of a bully? That is a great question, and there are steps to this. So what I'd like to do is um, I'll give your listeners a step-by-step guide that I have created to help parents navigate that um, process. So step one, um, a lot of times when a parent is discovering that their child is being bullied, um, they may want to go into advice-giving mode. And my research kind of shows that that's not such a great um, outcome for a lot of parents because what happens is a lot of times that advice doesn't really work and it just um, ends up uh, causing some problems. Um, But it seems like this is a natural process for parents to go through and wanting to be parents and resolving it kind of at that level. Uh, It's just that the interviews that I did with parents as they said, you know, it went nowhere. Um, it, It didn't give us the results we were hoping for. So my suggestion is with the parent, as a parent, go right to the school, if face-to-face is best, and ask to speak to the principal who does discipline, which is usually the assistant principal. So that principal, she or he, you're going to want to meet with, sit down, and make sure as a parent that you have read the student handbook, that you are aware of what the process is regarding bullying. If there's an investigation that has to happen, let's say within 72 hours of a business week, Um, from the time of a report, that you're very aware of that. That if the student is to found bullying, according to the handbook, that this will happen. So you're very aware of the consequences. Also, what's really important is that the parent ask the principal, you know, during the investigation because um, your child may be um, fearing for their safety, that all their teachers are notified that this is an ongoing investigation and to have a heads up about this. Um, The playground people, if this is happening on the playground, um, they need to be notified. And even the lunch staff, you know, the lunch workers, um, whatever it takes to ensure safety. But that's the parent's job to assertively advocate for that. Okay, so here's a question for you, Dr. Brown, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. So so let's say I go in and I meet with the assistant principal and I say, here's what's going on. And their solution is, okay, no worries. You know what? Let's move them to a different class or let's have them, um, you know, have their recess at a different time. Or let's just ask them to sit in the other side of the cafeteria. What's the how, how should I as a parent handle it if that's their answer? Wow. So. This falls under the category of re-victimizing the victim, right? You're you're putting the onus of this, the blame of this, on the victim by moving their locker, moving their classroom, or excluding them from a lunch. If they're the target of the bully, why make the victim suffer more than she or he already is? So it's important that you put that out there with the school that these are my expectations. I expect that my child will not be excluded from any activities that they're involved in, that they will have normalcy, but the onus needs to go back on the person who's doing the bullying behavior, the kid that's doing the bullying behavior. The problem is not with the person who's being targeted. The problem is with the behavior 
of the person who's bullying. So when I go and meet with the assistant principal and explain this, uh, I'm, I'm one of the things I'm going to request is that it, it should be as close to business as usual for, for my child and that the school's investigation, if they lead to something, the, the, the changes or what have you should, should be enforced on the bully and not my child who's being bullied. That, that is correct. The only thing I could add to that is really um, the school's safety plan. What are they going to do to ensure that my kid is safe during the course of this investigation? Because I'm reporting that my kid is living in a state of, let's say, harassed unrest right now and that they're really anxious about this. They need the peace of mind knowing that everyone's on board and people eyes are on this and and an investigation is being done. So what's the safety plan that's going to help, whether that's teachers um, monitoring in the hallway during class transitions or the playground aides being notified to keep a close eye? You want to get that. You want to get that assurance and take those notes as the assistant principal is unpacking that. So after I've met with the assistant principal and walked through that, what's the next step? Well, the next step is have a meeting once the investigation is found, um, the results of the investigation. Is it substantiated? Yes, it was bullying or no, This we're seeing this as pure conflict. You want to, whatever it is, ask them to explain their rationale. So when I interview principals um, at a large urban school here, or if I'm interviewing school social workers who are part of the team that investigates, they say 90 to 95% of these reports are found as pure conflict. So that means that maybe they see, okay, there was no power imbalance. Both of these people are of equal power and they're just in a fight right now and it's causing rifts in their social groups and, you know, but it's pretty equal power. So we're not calling that bullying, but they're in conflict. So what are the steps that you're going to do to help resolve this conflict? Um, you know, if they're going to talk to a counselor, school social worker, um, whoever that point person is, but that there's a plan in place to address that. Maybe that means resetting some new boundaries within that friendship relationship expectations. They shake on it and the counselor checks back in with them in two weeks um, to see how the plan is working or not working so that there's follow-up. Um, if it's a bullying situation, um, that bully probably needs to be under a behavioral contract, the person who's bullying. Parents need to be notified if it's substantiated bullying, um, the parents of the bully. And um, as a school administrator, I would suggest um, just getting the parents on board in an alliance. We care about your son. We care about their success. However, this behavior um, cannot go on, and it's probably a symptom of something that's not going right with your child. Have you thought about getting some outside counseling, some mental health counseling? If you think about it, the school's looking at it. They have two responsibilities, and that's education and safety. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah, and so if, if they're going to go through and do an investigation, and they come back to you as a parent, and they go, you know what, I, I just, we don't think this is bullying, this is just, this is some type of conflict, it seems isolated, we're keeping our eye on it, and, and here's some steps to move forward. If they say it's not bullying, you have to prove that to me. 
demonstrate to me how this is not bullying as a parent. And the school needs to come clean with that. Um, and the parent needs to ask the tough questions to the administrator. What types of conversations then would you, what types of questions rather, would you recommend someone asks when the school says, hey, this just seems like conflict between two students, not bullying. How do we confirm that? So what can we agree with in that statement? Yeah, there is conflict going on. However, my son has been excluded from this group, and now the five guys in this group are calling him names, are, are teasing him out on the playground. He is alone. He has no protection from these five boys now who, um, or girls who are um, targeting him. There's a power imbalance there. It's repeated. This is not a one-and-done deal, right? It's repeated. So by definition, that's really bullying. So if they're saying, well, but they're all in fifth grade, there are, but there's five against one. There's five against one. So I want the parent to be educated enough to challenge the school administrator. So if they're calling it uh, conflict, but you're seeing, well, how is that conflict? And how can you prove to me it's conflict and not bullying? To have your facts in line about what's going on. And, and you can disagree as a parent, you know, say, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I am disagreeing because um, if we're talking about a power imbalance and there's five people against my child who once were friends but are no longer friends, but there's this uh, intentional harm doing to my child. And my child doesn't have the power to defend themselves against five people. That, by definition, is bullying. It's bullying into the school's responsibility to, to the create a safe environment. The school needs to step up, right. yeah, and, and, and in fact, do something about it. Yeah. And I can't underscore the, the part about calling the parents. Um, some of my research, one of the um, things the principal did is, um, uh, I'll share the verbatim part, it was, Hello, Mrs. Thompson. This is Principal Skinner from XYZ Elementary. I have um, Pat in my office. I need your help um, and your support with this. Pat has something he'd like to tell you. Hands the phone to Pat. Mom, I'm sorry. I I, I was treating someone really bad. And da, 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 da. Right? So it starts with something like that. So maybe this isn't just for parents per se, but even thinking, you know, I'm not so sure that principals always have or are comfortable with the whole part of getting that dialogue going with parents, because sometimes parents can be really reactive and say, what, what do you mean my kids being bullying? You know, they, you don't know what you're talking about. I mean, there yeah. can be a lot of pushback. Oh, with administrators. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and I'm going to talk about that. Absolutely, it is, and I want to talk about that in a minute after we go through your steps. If if your child is the one being bullied, so we're gonna we're gonna talk to the school, we're gonna have an investigation, we're gonna follow up with the school, and listen to their results, and 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 ask them really to kind of show us how they came to the conclusion. What else? Correct. So the next thing I want to know is what's the safety plan if my child is is found to be bullying or, or I'm sorry, being bullied. What is the safety plan? I want to know what that is, how my kid is going to spend their day being safe, whether that's on the bus, playground, wherever those incidents may be 
occurring, what is the safety plan there? So there's some accountability, um, there's some follow through, and the parent just wants to make sure too that the teachers, again, notified, lunch people notified, playground staff notified, um, that because a lot of times what parents find is when they go to talk to teachers, even after reporting, the teachers will say, well, I just didn't know. I didn't know this was happening. I'm sorry. So that part of reminding the principal to please let put the system on alert here that eyes need to be aware of this. Um, it needs to be seen and, and the nuances of bullying can be hard to detect enough. So letting people know just gives an advantage. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, after that, you know, if that doesn't work, um, and from a quote from my research, you know, our hands are tied. We just can't do anything. Um, this is what one parent was told um, about a daughter. Her daughter, seventh grade, was being bullied. She didn't want to go to school anymore. And the school said, I'm sorry, we've done everything. Our hands are tied. We can't do anything else. So if that's the message, um, you know, the principal does have a supervisor. Um, it's called the superintendent. So it would be good for the parent to go into the superintendents and share their concern there. And the best thing I could tell a parent is start out with a positive. Whenever you talk to school officials and there's a complaint, that's fine, but start out with something that you can say positive about the school. You know, four of my kids, um, came through this school, I'm on the last one, but four of my kids came through here and have just had an incredible education overall. And I just wanna thank you for that. This has been, you know, so we're opening up kind of the listening process here um, in a really positive way, but there's a problem that I'm having right now and I need your help. So make that, that pivot, that transition, and then, document what exactly has happened up until that point, um, whether it's phone communication, face-to-face -face communication, emails, in keeping track of, of how things have gone, whatever that is, um, that you bring that person up to speed and where things have been left at and what this is doing to the child on a social and emotional level and also um, you know, if it's having any impact of them even not wanting to come to school anymore. And what can you do to help me? What can you do to make sure that my kid is getting the help that they need so they don't have to go on like this? Now, do you see that parents have to take it that far? Often? Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, really? Um, well, so the school is saying, well, well, hey, what, it's all good or what? I think it's a school-by-school -school situation. Um, from my experience, and I don't know what the ratio would be of, of schools that are really on top of it to schools that don't, um, don't provide the safety that's necessary for kids to succeed when they're bullied. So I think you just have to be on top of it. And you tried with the assistant principal. Safety still isn't being accomplished here. You're going to the superintendent and saying, you know, what can you do to help me about this? That's a, a critical step. And, you know, the superintendent's going to have a talk with the 
assistant principal and and probably the principal and they're going to they're going to figure out where do we go from here how how can we how can we manage this or or handle it in a different way what what steps here could also be taken well, what happens if we don't get resolution there and we still are confident that this is a bullying issue and that my child's safety is at risk and well the next step every month to two weeks depending on um, the school that your child is in there is a school board meeting which is a, a public event you can call the school and ask to be put on the agenda if you would like and usually they need two weeks prior to the meeting um, if let's say the meeting is in three days you can show up there and there's a part in this meeting where they say are there any comments from the public? In that time, you'll have about three minutes as a parent to stand up and share. Now, this can sound really intimidating, so you can bring your support team of friends or, or whoever, you know, if, if you need that, that's fine. That's, that's a okay, it's not against the rules. Um, but you wanna stand up and again, start out with something positive. Um, about the district, about the education, about the school, about the teacher's commitment, whatever that you sincerely feel about that, because it's not all bad, not all good, right? It's There's some mixed things there, but start out with a real positive and then talk about what's happening, the steps that you took to try to resolve this, the state that it's currently in, how your child may not want to be coming to school, how your child is now kicking their favorite possession, their their cat, um, and and is really showing some signs of, of pain and suffering, and you're asking the school to not victimize the child who's being targeted by the bully or bullyers, to take action and make those people accountable for their actions, and that your child deserves to be safe. And you're wondering, will the school do anything to help? And if your child is going through this, what about other children who are also being persecuted and targeted um, by someone and they're scared to even say anything because they know nothing will get done? So when you find, if you find it goes to the school board, are we usually getting some sort of resolution here? What happens at that point is um, I let the parent know, just stay five or 10 minutes after that meeting. And what you're going to do is school board members will come up on average and, and want to talk to you and ask questions about what happened or there'll be new levels of concern. Um, but because it's kind of a public thing, it's, um, I think it's, there's just more dialogue involved. It's now out a little bit more in the open. If the parent could say, I really want this to get worked out and I still have faith in the school, but so far my child is still being bullied. Yeah, clearly the goal is to create an environment for your kid to be safe. And if you take it that far, it seems to me as if they would listen and you could get some sort of resolution that would make everybody happy. Okay, so then that leads me to my next thought, which is, okay, let's say I'm the one that gets the call and says, hey, you know, James, I wanted to call you because, um, you know, we, we had a situation come up and really it looks like that your child is bullying this other child. I mean, how are you going to handle that? Because everybody's kid is a perfect angel, right? Almost. 
But you haven't met mine. Almost. She really is. I'll just tell you, she really is. It's everybody else's kid yeah. who's the problem. So when you when you hear when you get this call though that your kid is not the perfect angel you thought they were, um, I mean, my guess is that that could be a shock to a parent, and there's a process to go through on that side of it as well. Yeah, there is. You know, that shock part I think is really right because it just comes out of left field. Um, a lot of times when schools know about a child being um, reported as, as bullying other kids, um, sometimes it goes on for two years before a parent gets that phone call that you're talking about. And then the parent says, what? I didn't know anything about this, da-da-da-da. And, and, uh, but yet the school you know, had parents calling before or the same parent um, for two years calling and reporting the nonstop bullying. So it's it's a tough situation for a parent to be in. As far as um, what to do, I think just letting that parent know that the onus is on your child to make the improvement. It's not about removing the victim out of the classroom or anything else. Your child will have to be moved from this classroom because of the substantiated bullying. Um, your child will not be allowed to go outdoors and bullying or outdoors to the playground because of the bullying situation um, until they complete a no contact contract or whatever the mechanism is in place to ensure safety. What do you mean by that, that real quick, a, a no contact contract? What are you referring to? Well, what that is, is it says um, you and this other person will be in this space together at this time. Um, you will not look at this person, stare at this person, make comments to this person, whisper about this person to others. I mean, there's all sorts of things you can put in there. It, it's not the school against the bully. It's the school, we want to help you parent, help your child, so this doesn't become a barrier to them. This is a partnership. Uh, it, it has to be. It has to be. So we can't demonize necessarily the bully, but we have to make the bully accountable for his or her own behavior and, and let them know this is unacceptable. This is not okay. You know, if I'm an administrator, I'm going to have that hard conversation with the parents saying, you know, this might be a sign of something. You know, we've, we've noticed that, you know, Johnny's not smiling a whole lot. There seems to be a lot of anger going on underneath or, um, you know, we're, we're noticing um, that kids, you know, aren't feeling very um, comfortable sometimes around him with his, some of his behaviors. I'm wondering if you're noticing any of that and parent may say yes or no. And, you know, I, I'm wondering, um, you know, his, his Johnny, have, have you ever thought about Johnny, you know, receiving some counseling about some of this? So that is clearly one avenue to explore it, but it's under the umbrella of, hey, we care about your child. We, we know that kids who bully are six times more likely to end up in the criminal justice system um, than kids who don't. And I just want to make sure as a school that we're doing everything that we can to help make sure that everything turns out right for Johnny. Yeah, clearly, I, I guess would, my guess would be that if, if you have a child who is bullying others, that there's likely something going on somewhere. Either they're being bullied by someone and that's not getting reported, or maybe something's going on at home, or there's yes. some other issue there, right? Yeah, there's one other thing. Like, the kid could just 
have been born literally like really hot headed. Um, that's the word from the, uh, the study that, that came out that one of the, um, the things that they noticed is um, children can just be really um, hot headed in whether that's, you know, real impulsive or so sometimes just some personality things can amplify some of those negative feelings. The bottom line is something's going on and they need to get in touch with that. So what is it to, to put a bow on it? What is it that the, the kind of the final message that you'd like these dads to hear, you know, and, and their big takeaway when it comes to, you know, bullying, because it's something, I mean, it ha- it's happening every day in every school. What's the, what's the thing you want everyone to take away? Well, I want dads to know in particular that um, they may feel some aggression towards the bully if it's their kid who's being victimized. They may feel revengeful, resentful towards the bullying. All these are really normal feelings, really normal feelings. Having direct communication with the school without delay is really good. Making sure what they agree to do and how they're going to do it before leaving that meeting with them, really great. Follow up with an email listing those things that they have heard the school say that they are going to do and thanking them. So you have that paper trail and then finding out what the results are questioning those results. If it's pure conflict versus bullying, have them explain what it is in their findings that makes it so. And don't give up. Don't give up. There are good experiences and bad and experiences and those are kind of school specific so if you're having a bad experience you're just going to have to keep going through those steps that you and I have talked about but in the end as a parent you want that degrading treatment of your child to stop you want those incidences to stop and it's not your child's fault it's the person who's bullying who's acting in this way and that's where the accountability needs to go and if your child is the one that's bullying, it's the same thing. You'd like that to stop for their own well-being, for their future, uh, based on some of the stats you gave us. Right, right. Um, that This may be a, um, a red flag for help. We can either ignore that red flag or do something about it. And I would rather err on doing something about it than um, letting it continue or bubbling up six months later because it was unresolved, this emotional peace um, has been triggered once again or you know it I just think it's it's good that we rely on there's reasons why we have um, great counselors therapists mental health professionals and um, you know if kids are showing indicators for help sometimes just closing our eyes and pretending that it's just going to go away um, less than a great outcome so yeah better to act on it You got it. Mm -hmm. Dr. Brown, thank you so much for joining us on PositivelyDad.com today. We truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you, James. Thank you to Dr. James Brown from Indiana University for sharing those things with us. And he kind of walked through a few things. First of all, what is it? What's bullying? Number two, what to do if your child is a victim of bullying? And finally, third, um, what to do if your child is the bully? So I appreciate all those tips. He wanted me to share with you a website that you could use as a resource. And we have posted a link to this website on the resources page 
of PositivelyDad.com, and that is BullyPolice.org. And this was started by a mom whose son had been bullied and actually ended up committing suicide. And so she's posted some tips, right? She's made this her mission now to support families who are victims of bullying. And so she's posted some tips. She's also posted links to the laws in various states, the anti-bullying laws in various states. And so you can get all that. Again, it's bullypolice.org, and and we have it on the resources tab of positivelydad.com. I also have a link to some stuff from the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, that walks through uh, bullying and how to prevent it and what some of the consequences are and all those sorts of things. And so I posted that for you as well on uh, positivelydad.com. Now, today, um, and, and as you, if you listen to the first episode, you know that one thing that we'll do each episode of Positively Dad is I bring my daughter in to help us out, to support us. And uh, she will be seven, and, um, and, and it's interesting to hear a kid's perspective on things. When you hear this, we call it the Kids Corner, and when you hear it, I want you to know that I'm not influencing her in any way. She is talking about and sharing with you whatever she's thinking. It's cool to get the kid's perspective. And so I just said, Naomi, why don't you talk with everybody a little bit about what to do um, if you are being bullied? And so from a first grader's perspective, here you go in the kid's corner, what to do if you're being bullied. What are the kids thinking? Time to find out in the kid's corner with your host, Naomi. Hi, I'm Naomi Shaw, and today we're going to talk about what do you do if you're a kid and a person's bullying you. You will probably just walk away, or you can say stop bullying other people and me. And you also can tell a teacher. We can also um, tell our parents. So we all learned how to be kind when other people are bullying. That's it for Miss Corner. Bye. Have a nice day. There you go. Walk away and tell somebody. Love it. Great tips from my kid. I'm proud of her. All right. Thanks for listening to episode number two of Positively Dad. I do appreciate you uh, listening in, and I value your feedback. All right. So what could we do to make the show better? What do you love about it? What is it that you'd like to have us cover? You can go to PositivelyDad.com and send me a, a note through there. Uh, you can send me an email, james at positivelydad.com. We're on everywhere that you can think of when it comes to your social media feeds. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Positively Dad. Send us your feedback uh, and, and let us know, again, what are we doing great? What can we do to get better? What is it you'd like to hear? And uh, we just do appreciate you listening. Until next time, we'll uh, talk to you soon. Positively Dad. Bye-bye.